the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Rob Black and your money. And your money. Now. 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 Here's here's Rob Black. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial. Going through a variety of financial money 101 lessons. Trying to hit topics that are entertaining to you, uh, maybe useful to you, maybe something that we just didn't learn as children, that as we've aged, we've kind of taken advantage of incorrectly. Let's talk about buying a car, because I think this is an area where a lot of people make big mistakes. Car owner, if you haven't thought carefully about how many people and how much luggage or how much gear you're going to need to carry, so make sure you get the right kind of car. Assess what the worth is of your old car. Whether you plan to trade it in or sell it, your current car can be an important factor in your budget. Checking the right website and maybe your local newspaper or your local Craigslist, that's going to give you a realistic valuation idea. Selling it directly instead of just trading it in may also mean a sizable difference in what you get for it, though it may take you a little while longer to reap what you uh, want out of the relationship. You need to decide when you're buying a car, whether you're going to go new or used. Cars are built better now than in the past, so used cars make a lot of sense for people. But if you get a rebate or you get other cost breaks, the math may be on your side to get a new vehicle. It really depends on you. Now, first things first, I want to mention that when I got a car in college, I made a deal with a friend. She basically sold me just this horrible, horrible car. It was a Toyota Tercel for $200, and I promised her I'd ride it till it died. Um, She was kind enough to give me the car. I kind of needed it. I was in a pinch kind of thing. She had another vehicle, but she had a car that basically, this car was just this monster of a car. It was a fantastic car, and she had always kept it, and her idea was to keep it until it died. So when you're buying a car, consider whether leasing or buying makes more sense. And, you know, just to finish the story that I was just telling was that car lasted a long time, and I didn't need another new car for a long time, and that allowed me to save a lot of money in my 20s. Okay, so now consider whether leasing or buying makes sense. Leasing provides lower monthly payments than buying, um, but it's not for everyone. If you don't have money for a down payment or if you trade your car in every two or three years, you know, you may be a good candidate for a lease if you don't have money down or if you don't put a lot of miles on it or if you're one of those people that needs a new car every two years. Do your homework and set a target price. This is pretty important. The internet's so fantastic. Um, It's made it easier than ever to find out what the dealer's cost for each vehicle is and what the options cost. That's the first step of getting the best possible deal, again, is educating yourself. You need to shop for money before you shop for the car. This is probably the biggest mistake most people make is if you plan to buy a car with a loan, a lot of people just wait till they're at the car company and they do it approving that way. Check with your credit union, check with the local bank, get quotes online to find out the lowest rate. Getting pre-approved on a loan will give you added confidence in negotiating a good price. Um, Negotiate a lease. Um, You know, in the complicated world of leasing, the dealer will have the upper hand unless you learn the jargon 
and learn how to negotiate the various segments of that deal. Before you buy a car or lease a car, you know, negotiate a price. Ultimately, if you're doing it yourself, get bids from several dealers, keeping the focus on the dealer's invoice price, which you will know from your research. If you do good research, you'll also be able to get bids without going to the showroom after showroom after showroom. So it's all kind of tedious. Um, if you hate haggling, and I hate haggling, um, consider using a car shopping service, auto buying services like um, disc, you know, there's websites, there's discount clubs. They make it pretty easy to do no haggling. Um, but with most of them, you get quotes from only one dealer. So consumer services that shop several dealers near you, you know, may deliver better prices. So again, you really need to, when you're using a service, make sure you find out how many car dealers they're going to, um, to do that negotiating for you. And don't let the deal closer close out your savings. Ultimately that finance manager he isn't just there for the paperwork. He or she typically sells you high-profit financial and mechanical add-ons. They are very seldomly worth the money. Um, don't go down the car dealer and you know start shopping immediately. Don't you know jump down to a car dealership and start shopping. Um, you're sure that the car, the pickup, the sport utility, or van uh, that you have in mind. Make sure that you have that chosen before you go to the car dealer, and you know just educate yourself. If you rush into a deal without carefully considering, you know, how you're really going to use the vehicle, you could be making a twenty-five, dollars $40,000 mistake. You know, of course you want a car that's going to make you smile, but consider the purpose, you know, is it for commuting? Is it for hauling kids? Is it for weekends? Is it for vacations? And if you drive more than a half an hour to work every day, a combination of comfortable ride and reasonable gas mileage, it's terribly important. If you frequently drive clients or coworkers, you know, a sleek coupe won't be welcoming for whomever has to crawl in the back seat, uh, you need a four-door sedan. So if you're taking you know, business people around, get a four-door sedan. If you frequently haul your kids and their classmates, you know, maybe a, a minivan or a sport utility vehicle with three rows of seats, that may be essential. If weekend errands involve hauling and building materials, uh, you know, maybe you need some sort of utility van or some sort of SUV or something along those lines like a truck. So just be honest with yourself in this process of what are you going to use the car for? What's the largest number of people that you carry on a regular basis? What's the biggest pile of gear, luggage, or haul from Home Depot that you had in the last year? So once you've made that practical matchup, you know, you still have a lot of choices. With a lot of careful planning, you can get a vehicle that you need and that you really want. Um, after your mortgage or your rent, car loans or lease payments, they're likely the biggest ticket items in our budget. That's why we're talking about it. Calculate quite carefully what you can really afford. Remember to take into account items like insurance which can run as high as 12%, um, the cost can of the vehicle, but more typically 5 to 8% of the purchase price. A new car calls for you know, new state registration. Typically, fees run from 50 to 125 bucks. These items usually are figured in the total amount that you borrow with a loan or finance, you know, but they're there. Now, a good rule of thumb is to plan on spending 10 to 15% of your total monthly budget on automobile expenses uh, on a monthly basis. If you're buying a new car, your warranty will cover major repairs for at least the first three years, but will usually not cover routine maintenance, such as oil changes or replacements for batteries, windshield wipers, tires, clutches. You know, a, tip, a new car typically means higher insurance costs, of course. You know, if you opt for a late model used car, you know, you can cut costs big. Your premiums for liability coverage required for all drivers may not change that much from your old car. You know, what will increase is the so-called collision and comprehensive portions of your policies. 
Collision pays to repair accident damage to your car, while comprehensive covers a totally different area. It covers theft, it covers fire, it covers natural disasters. Now, since you'll want these types of coverage for a new car, your cost could shoot up sharply, especially if you've been driving an older car or truck or you dropped collision or comprehensive coverage to save money. You need to check the record. One way you can cut your insurance cost before you buy is to choose a model that has a good safety record with a low theft rate. Insurance costs vary you know, not only by model, but also by what metropolitan areas you're in and even from city to suburbs within those areas. So when you've narrowed the number of cars or trucks on your wish list to just a handful, call your agent for a rate quote or check theft and safety records on the web. Smart people do this kind of stuff. Now, for federal crash test results, go to www.safercar.gov. That's safercar.gov. The site's operated by the insurance company-sponsored Highway Loss Data Institute, which will give you rankings for injury and property losses for any vehicle, plus a list of the most and least stolen models. But, you know, those factors affect insurance costs, so you got to really figure it out. It can also, you know, calm your peace of mind if you're getting a good, reliable vehicle that, A, isn't going to be stolen when you go out, and B, that isn't going to, um, you know, kill you just because you get in a fender bender. You know, there's nothing like the smell of a new car. That's kind of why I'm doing this segment. Buying a new car has got a lot of lure. It's brand new. It's all yours. Nobody's ever abused it. And you can get the vehicle equipped just the way you want it. And you get that whole factory warranty. But hold on, though. You know, hold on. Your best deal could be a late model used car. And that's for a lot of people. The used car market's changed dramatically in the last couple of years. Today's new cars um, are just simply, you know, made better. Therefore, the used cars are overall better. Quality and durability has increased as U.S. manufacturers pushed hard to catch up on the import companies. A big second factor is the rise of leasing. There's plenty of well-kept two- and three-year-old cars returning from leases. These cars provide a great supply of attractive, reliable cars. New used car superstore chains, they're making it a lot easier to buy with huge inventories and no haggle shopping. You know, um, the kicker is that you opt for a three-year-old model, you could save as much as 40% over new. Now, in the last few years, car dealers, backed by manufacturers, they've introduced what they call certified used car programs for newer cars. It's usually up to three years old. Manufacturers do insist that a used car must pass a series of inspections before it can become certified. And once a car passes, the manufacturer adds a fresh warranty, sometimes 12 months or more. And if you want a used car, you know, start by checking prices of the vehicles that interest you. Amongst the best websites to find used car prices, Edmunds.com, that's E-D-M-U-N-D-S.com, Kelly Blue Book, that's KBB.com. They're both free. They're both going to let you check the going prices for almost every make, model, and year that you could want. Both sites list new car prices as well. So it's kbb.com as well as edmunds.com. Sites like autotrader and cars.com, they list classified ads for used cars, mostly from dealers. You enter your zip code, you'll get a selection of cars within 100 miles of your home. So it's autotrader.com, cars.com. Well, ads for these same vehicles undoubtedly also are running in your papers and your Craigslist. You get a lot more detail online. You know, for those willing to venture a little further from home, eBay Motors, that's part of eBay's auction site. They list used cars for sale. And you can restrict your search to cars in your area, but you'll probably do better by looking at cars across the country. eBay provides various protections as well as partnerships with used car inspection services to take some of the worry out of buying used cars entirely online. I know, buying cars online, crazy, right? 
So you need to read the eBay's Motors How to Buy page and see if you feel comfortable with that whole process, though. friend of mine, certified financial planner Chad Burton, bought a car online, used, no problem. So once you zero in on some of these possibilities, you need to double-check them. Unless you're buying a certified used vehicle, spend a little extra to check any specific car, truck, or van that you're close to buying. You need to make sure that the odometer is honest and that the car has never been totaled. Um, the used car business may have become you know, less sleazy than it used to be, but it's still a problem. There's companies like Carfax and AutoCheck. They'll track down the history of your prospective vehicle by its VIN, the vehicle identification number. It's usually listed on a metal plate just inside the windshield. If, for instance, the car had 50,000 miles when its uh, title was last changed but now shows 30,000 miles, you know, pass on it. Don't buy it. If the car has been you know, ever sent to a junkyard, a salvage title is going to show up on the report. Typically, about 1 in 10 cars in the database of Carfax has problems. So you have a 10% chance of buying a used car problem. Now, once a car is totaled or once a car is passed, you know, all these hurdles of checking it out, you still need to get it checked by your own mechanic, in my opinion, if you have one. If you don't, many cities have specialized mechanic services. They'll do on-the-spot inspections of used cars. You gotta, you know, if you're going to spend $15,000, spend $100 to get a checkup on it. If you're buying on eBay Motors, they've got that auto inspection agreement with SGS Automotive. Sellers can have their cars inspected and report posted uh, for them uh, for potential buyers to see. The most important thing to remember, everything's negotiable. Everything's negotiable. Um, if the seller doesn't let you see the car, something is very, very problem. Walk away. Something's very, very problematic. You know, this basically means um, with used cars, sometimes you're buying from individuals rather than from dealers. And, you know, for dealers that don't allow inspections, that would be a huge problem. Um, but, you know, they won't let you take the car off the lot, of course. Um, so you'll have to, you know, bring someone to them, so to speak. Unless you have an unusually close relationship with a mechanic, you know, he'll want to bring the car to his shop. And that's unreasonable, you know, when you're trying to buy a car to get it from the car dealer to, uh, you know, your, your guy, so to speak. Um, you know, a good mechanic can tell you a lot, you know, from sliding under a car. So don't, you know, uh, hesitate trying to get, you know, someone to take a look at the vehicle. Someone has to look at a vehicle, whether you're at a dealer or using an individual. You need to confine your search to individuals. Um, when you do that, if you confine your if you confine your search for a car to individuals, you typically can get a lower price, but it's more time consuming because there's only one car at each location. That's you know one of the reasons why people go to car dealers. Now, Jack Gillis, he's the director of public affairs for the Consumer Federation of America. He recommends what he calls the touch and comment technique, often used by new car dealers when they inspect trade-ins. When you review the car, visibly point out the various problems that you note. An exaggerated touch of some loose parts or running your hand along the body damage can put the seller in a very defensive uh, position. So don't be afraid to try to negotiate via saying, you know, whoa, look at this big dent. It's a tactic that you can use effectively when your mechanic is, you know, looking at an inspection with an earshot of the seller. You know, you can have the mechanic mention each and every problem, have them mention it out loud, have them be a little bit grim about it. But, you know, having your expert on hand, I think it makes all the difference in the world because even if you know a, a lot about cars, you need an expert witness, you know, to get that damning evidence, so to speak. Um, like any expert witness, mechanics, you know, they got to get paid. So uh, try to do as much 
research as you can and grasp that you may be paying someone 40 to $70 in a used car scenario that's going to you know, be a $15,000 used car. Um, they're not, you know, they're not perfect. I think before going to look at cars, go to nataguides.com, N-A-D-A guides.com. You want to peruse the official used car guide of the National Association. Not, actually, it's the National Automobile Dealers Association, NADA Guides. And they list recent prices and, you know, what that car cost in your region recently when it was sold. The range between the trade-off and the trade-in value and the retail value, that's your room to maneuver. And that's all at NADA, NADA.com. So uh, I'm sorry, it's NA, NADA Guides, NADA Guides.com, NADA Guides. And again, that'll give you an idea of what used cars have been selling for, with their mileage. And, you know, it's going to give you a, a basic rundown of, of what you're looking at. Of course, before you buy a used car, try to get a test drive at night, maybe on a rainy day if that's possible. You know, nothing reveals a cheap windshield like oncoming headlights. Um, a replacement windshield may mean the car's been wrecked. Um, it can give, you know, uh, a convincing paint job can be found out just by taking a different, you know, um, tact on how you're going to approach this whole scenario. So try to get, you know, out and test drive the car and, and look for paint issues and look for inconsistencies. You know, buying a used car, is the, it, it's a wise thing to do financially for a lot of people. But there are major problems. And I'm just trying to say, you know, do everything you can to... To eliminate that, you know, get a mechanic involved, try to drive the car at night, try to uh, get a feel for different times of the car, you know, obviously uh, look for leaky seals, look underneath the car after you stop it to make sure there's not a big oil leak or something like that. Uh, and if you get a lot of minor little flaws in the car, like, oh, there's a little oil leak or, oh, there's, you know, a little bit of a rust spot, maybe you just, you say, forget this one. There's other cars out there. So in return for all this rigors, though, you know, you could get a lot of assurance that you're purchasing something right, which is good, at a substantially lower price when you buy used. Now, if you decide, however, that you really want a new car, you have a whole different choice to make, and that's buy or lease. Now, in new car ads on TV, lease payments look awfully low, and they are, compared with low pay loan payments. But leasing's not for everyone. Leasing is the easiest way to get a new car every few years while letting the dealer or the leasing company worry about disposing of the old one. Leases have some major disadvantages, though. One of the biggest drawbacks, especially if you're not accustomed to leasing, is that you're forced to make a major financial decision when your lease expires. And ultimately, you either got to turn that car or truck in and buy or lease a new one. So you're going to have a financial decision to make when your lease is up. Or you could decide to exercise your option to buy that vehicle at the lease end price. Typically, the value of your car or truck at the end of the lease is set in advance. It's part of the whole paperwork process. Now, on the other hand, if you buy a car or truck, you can postpone any decision about replacing it at least until mechanical trouble forces your hand. Now, some people just like knowing that they own the car once the final payment's made. But if you don't mind driving an older car, the best decision on purely economic grounds is usually, usually to buy a new car and keep on driving it long after your loan payments have ended. Which is right for you, though. That's kind of what this whole exercise is all about here. If you typically trade a new car in every four years or less, you want to avoid a loan down payment of 10 to 20%. You want to drive close to, but not more than 15,000 miles a year, which is allowed in most leases, and typically keep your car in pretty good condition to avoid end-of-lease penalties, 
you might be terribly happy leasing. And I can't say it's not, a, you know, something you shouldn't do. It's that tricky thing, though. You know, you got to keep it in good condition and you can't drive more than 15,000 miles a year. Otherwise, it's going to get really expensive. So even so, before you opt for a lease, keep in mind that there's a reason why those low payments look so attractive. Because if instead of paying for the entire car, you're only paying for the estimated depreciation over the time that you're leasing it. So to get a really good lease deal, you need to look further than just the payments. It's going to be a little deeper than that. You need to understand how leasing actually works. You need to do your homework. You need to negotiate as hard as if you were buying the car. Here's a step-by-step guide for you. You need to master the jargon. You can't successfully negotiate a lease without becoming fluent in the industry terms. What you need to know before you start to bargain, the capitalized cost is the equivalent of the selling price, which you want to get down as low as possible. The residual value is the estimated worth of the car at the end of the lease. Your monthly payments are determined by the difference between those two figures, plus an interest charge known as the money factor, thus raising the residual value or lowering either the capitalized cost or the money factor interest rate, it will lower your payments. You need to look for a manufacturer subsidized lease. These deals often promoted in splashy ads and newspaper auto sections. They're likely to be the cheapest available. To identify a generous subsidy, go to leasewizard.com, leasewizard.com, and for about $25, you can download a software kit that identifies the best current leasing programs in your region. It also includes the standard residual value data published on the Automotive Lease Guide, which is an independent research firm, and it provides options for changing lease terms and mileage units and mileage limits. You need to set a target, and you need to negotiate hard. You can find out the so-called dealer's invoice cost for any car or truck by checking out sites like Edmunds.com, Kelly Blue Book, and that's E-D-M-U-N-D.com, and KBB.com. You need to set a target price about 2% above the dealer's cost, which is $400 on a $200,000 car. So $30,000 car, you're looking at giving them $600 of profit. You need to start bidding below your actual target and need to plan to wind up near that figure. Be aware, though, that the manufacturer to dealer incentives may lower the dealer's cost to far less than the invoice price, which means you may have a lot more room for negotiating depending on kickbacks. Now, if you go to Edmunds.com, they'll provide some information about manufacturer to dealer incentives. If you go to Kelly's Blue Book KBB, you can access the actual prices people are paying for cars, as well as whether manufacturer to dealer incentives are being applied to that particular vehicle. There's a website for a car buying service, and uh, they basically do a monthly newsletter. It's called carbargains.org. It's called carbargains.org. So there's so many resources out there like this, carbargains.org, kbb.com, um, and Edmunds, edmunds.com. So I think what this all does is it puts you in a position so that when you go to a car dealership to negotiate for a new car, you're in a stronger position with this kind of information. And if you have a loan pre-approved, you're in an even stronger position. So unless your model has a special low-rate financing offer, you know, which is tends to be backed by the manufacturer, um, a local bank or credit union, it's going to give you a better deal on a loan. And in most cases, you can take a rebate in place of any low-rate financing and use that to lower your purchase price. Credit unions typically charge one-half to 1% lower interest than bank car loans. And you can have access to a credit union where you work, probably, or maybe eligible through a professional organization like teachers or government employees. 
And if you don't have ready access to a credit union, check out your local bank offerings. State of California has tons of them. Websites specialized in loan information will give you a quick rundown on average rates and the best rates in your area. Group called ACES HSH. That's HSH Associates. They'll give you a one-car loan rate per city amongst the best found for each location in their survey. Bankrate.com gives five or more quotes for each major city, including the lowest rate available. Capital One Auto Finance. They offer what is called a blank check auto loan. The company will approve you online for an auto loan and provide you a check to be used for purchase of that automobile. Now, when you get pre-approved loans, the commitment usually is good for a month or so. So you can shop for your car knowing that your financing is ready to go. Now, in addition to getting financing before you go to a dealership, you also need to do your price homework. That's the next area where we're going to learn about setting target price. So having more information gives you more power, right? Not long ago, auto dealers had the upper hand because they had most of the information about the price. But if you go to kbb.com or edmunds.com, you can find out dealer's costs for any vehicle. You can also find out about customer or dealer rebates. Um, you can talk about subsidized lease deals or other special breaks, which can cut your costs. And best of all, you can decide actually and exactly what you intend to pay for that car or truck before you ever get near a showroom. Again, you're looking at maybe $400 profit on top of what their costs are, maybe $600. That's it. Now, the number most often cited at a dealer's cost is the so-called invoice price. Now, the wholesale price that the manufacturer bills the dealer on shipment. But that's not the whole story. See, the manufacturer may offer so-called dealer incentives for slow-moving models, which in effect rebates paid to the dealer instead of the car buyer. Now, unlike heavily advertised consumer rebates, these dealer incentives are rarely publicized. If you've done your homework and you know such an incentive exists, you often can negotiate half or more of that amount for yourself. A hot-selling new vehicle, it may sell you know, for full MSRP with no bargaining possible. But for most vehicles, a good starting point is to aim for a target price of 2% over the dealer invoice price. Now, for a slow-selling model, you may be able to get even lower. If you discover that the model you want carries a sizable consumer rebate or dealer incentives of 750 or more, you let that alert you, know, you to you know, a bargain harder, bargain harder, bargain harder. Now, since the dealer and manufacturer want to move that model, they want to get rid of it. Before you head to the dealership, though, you have to do the homework so you'll know the dealer's invoice price, whether rebates or dealer incentives are available, and your target price, as well as when you plan to start bidding at what price. So you want to start the bidding as low as you reasonably can, so low that you even seem like maybe uninformed um, a little bit. But you want to have enough information. Now, put together a folder showing your data and your sources for these details, Um you know, refer to them, refer to the salesperson, say, look, I know your invoice price is this. Now at the showroom, you're going to establish quickly that you're a serious buyer. You're not a browser. If you come across as just shopping, the salesperson will be eager to move on to a likelier sale. Don't say I'm looking for a Ford Taurus. Say, I plan to buy a Ford Taurus in the next two weeks. And I know pretty much so how I want it equipped. I'll buy where I get the best price. Let's talk price. That keeps you in control. The salesman wants to know as much about you as possible to start spotting potential profit points. Now, stay pleasant, but just turn away from questions and say, you know, we can talk about that later. Right now, let's talk about price. 
Focus on the invoice price. As soon as you can, try to switch the discussion away from the MSRP or list price to how much you intend to bid over the dealer's invoice. Bring out your internet printout. Show them that you've done your research. Salesperson may, you know, well say, well, that's not the right invoice price for this car. But he or she may, in fact, know less than you do, ultimately. So, you know, say this is the invoice price for the car I want to, with the equipment that I want. Show him what you have. Now, a note on buying cars is a couple. This is important to talk about. If you're negotiating to buy a car with your spouse, make sure that you both agree beforehand what you're going to say and not say. If you're buying as a team, it's imperative that you act like one in front of the salesperson who will doubtlessly try to exploit any division of interest you and your spouse may have. Now, the negotiation table is no place to sort out monetary or philosophical differences with your mate. None whatsoever. So when negotiating as a couple... You want to start low. Your target's $200 above invoice, but you need to leave a little bit of room for the you know, dealer to budge. So start out bidding at the invoice price on a car like a you know, Taurus, where rebate signals you to negotiate real, real hard. Ultimately, if there's a rebate on the car, and you found this out by going to Edmunds.com or KBB.com, you know that you're entitled to $500 consumer rebate that was offered recently. Don't bring that up yet. Just start with list. Or, I'm sorry, start with, um, yeah, the invoice price. If that $500 had been a dealer, you know, if that $500 had been a dealer instead of a consumer sales incentive, you'd start out bidding to try to capture at least half that money. In this case, you'd bid $300 below invoice, and you'd make it clear how you got that figure since the dealership stands to get a $500 payment from, you know, Ford. $300 below invoice seems fair. They get $200, you get $300. Keep in mind that he who hesitates loses. You know, when you're negotiating prices with a salesperson, the salesman is likely to say something like, I I think this is way too low, but I'll take your offer to my sales manager and see what I can do for you. Ultimately, he or she may not even intend to talk to the sales manager. They'll go over and like say, hey, did you watch that baseball game last night? But ultimately, they plan to keep you waiting in that glassed-end office to pressure you into a higher offer before even seeking approval. You know, tell him or her you can't wait long. Say, I got five minutes. Don't just sit there. Wander around the showroom. Go back outside. Look at other cars. That usually brings the salesperson back quickly. It's likely that he's going to bring news that your initial offer was not good enough. At this point in time, if you started the bidding at the invoice price, agree to $100 over invoice. If you can get it, take it. If the dealership has a car in that color and equipment that you want and the salesperson offers $200 over invoice, take it. If not, get the best offer, take it to another dealer, period. If the second dealer beats the original offer, keep the competition going, play it back to the first dealer, if you have that kind of time. Now, when you hit your target or come as close as you think you can, agree on the price. Now and not before, it's the time to talk about a trade-in. Don't talk trade-in until you've got a price on the new vehicle. You already will know that your car is worth because you've already done homework on it at edmunds.com and kellybluebook.com. That's kbb.com. If your car is a popular model in good condition and you're sticking with the same brand, you might match or slightly beat that price with your new car dealer who sees potential profit in selling your used car. If the trade-in offer is a good one, say yes. If not, sell it yourself. Once your price and trade-in are set, you still have to finalize the deal. Now, the salesperson may call it doing the paperwork or you know some innocuous decision, description, uh, but the finance manager you're about to meet, he's going to hope 
to boost the deal one more time. He's going to offer attractive-sounding offers of mechanical and financial add-ons. Just say no, but there are some exceptions. Now, if you've already had your financing approved, just say so, and you can avoid the whole financial pitch. But the one exception is if you've already know that the manufacturer is sponsoring a promotional like 1.9% rate through the end of July for the first four years. Now, the next pitch you're going to hear from this guy, it's going to basically do the extended warranty rigmarole. Now, whether you want to consider this depends on how long you expect to keep the car. If it's three years or less, that matches the typical warranty, reject it. If, however, you're almost sure you'll keep your car for five years or more, you might want to consider an extended warranty. They tend to cost 400 to $1,200. Now, if you decide to buy one, ask when the extended warranty coverage kicks in and what it covers. So-called powertrain warranties, for instance, may exclude expensive electronic repairs, which are common in cars today. That's how they typically go bad. Also, be sure you know how long the manufacturer warranty runs. You know, Volkswagen and Hyundai, they extend powertrain coverage for 10 years. And luxury models Lexus and Infiniti go at six and eight years. There's a lot of Vogue add-ons replacing rust-proofing now that almost all new cars are rust-proof to start with. That's just stupid. Um, having your vehicle identification number etched into the glass on your windows may, as claimed, make your car somewhat less likely to be stolen, but it's certainly not worth $1,100 that a lot of dealers will charge you. And for new car buyers, the real wonder of the web is how easily you can get reliable price information that'll give you a much stronger negotiating price, but the web's also powerful if convenient and low hassle to you. So always go to the web. If you plan to buy from a dealer, know your target price before you start shopping. It's just that kind of simple. Um, dealer referrals, like Auto Buy Tell. We should talk about this a little bit. Auto Buy Tell is the major surviving service of this type. There was a lot of them online. It doesn't give you an immediate price quote for a new car purchase. It does offer prices for used cars, though. And if you fill in the Auto Buy Tell form, which details what vehicle you want and your color and your options preferences, You'll get a phone call or an email from a local dealership, sometimes almost immediately, sometimes a day or two later. Depends on if they have a a point guy on the internet. At that point, you'll get a price quote. Since you already know the true market value from Edmunds and all that kind of stuff, um, you'll know if you're getting a good quote or not. And auto buy tell prices are supposed to be non-negotiable, but dealers actually will sometimes budge from their initial offer. The major drawback of an auto buy tell is that each dealership gets exclusive territory, so you'll get a price from only one dealership in your area. And that means you won't get the advantage of competitive bids. You can do some direct internet service instead of by referral, like carsdirect.com. You go to that website, you fill in the vehicle you want, you get an immediate non-negotiable price. These prices usually are competitive and may be a little above or below Edmund's true market value, depending upon the vehicle. Carsdirect.com, which gets its cars through dealerships, does not guarantee it'll be able to deliver exactly the color and options you want on your car. So your chances are good if you're buying, say, a Honda Civic or a Chevy pickup or any other big volume model. But if you're trying to get something very unique, you might not get the color and uh, options in that. You know, if you're going for like a a Nissan Pathfinder XL, you may not get that strange color of purple that you want with the, you know, Italian leather add on. Now, when you find the price you want on CarsDirect.com. It really can't be easier than that. So, you know, for another low hassle option, there's car buying services. They typically run 200 to 
um, Auto Advisor, Car Q and Car Bargains. Uh, just go Google Auto Advisor. Go Google Car Q, the letter Q, Car Q, and Car Bargains if you want to use an, uh, a service that buys the car for you. That's about all I have on buying or leasing cars. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.